listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. Hey there, I'm Joe Struess. And I'm Adam Solarzik. We are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Past the Forecast podcast. And it's another very special episode. Let's get a right to it. surprise special episode. A this surprise. literally came about, about 20 minutes ago. A 5'3 anchor from Erie, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Oh, boy. Coming into the lineup today, Sierra Just because. Tufts. Just because, because I, you know, was hanging out in the newsroom. My story is not until later. So I said, hey, why don't I join you guys? And so, here I am. Some could call you both of our partners in crime. Yeah. Various s- times of the day. Spend the weekends with Joe. All the time. All of our desks are right next to each other. Yes, it's it's the north side of the newsroom, and we all just kind of hang out. That's about it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sierra, welcome to the podcast. You're a uh, avid listener of the past. Um, well, here's the thing. I was a beginner listener until um, I realized this podcast wasn't for me. This is a weather podcast, That's obviously. Right. And I just wasn't, you know, getting down with it after a couple of episodes. So you guys have since changed things a little bit. So that is why I'm here to see what's what's new with the Past Forecast podcast. Yes, our podcast has evolved from what it was at the beginning. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love you guys. Wow. You guys are great, but... You know, I, I'm interested to see what, what has changed. Use the love word, so that's good. I mean, yeah. you're doing something, right? <laughs> you don't have to love your coworkers, so that's... Uh, oh, jeez. That's all good. we got a lot to talk about today, Adam. Yes, we do. Let's get right to it. Tracking the topics. All right, Sierra, we're going to get right to a pretty serious topic here. And feel free to chime in with okay. anything. I do feel it'll be good to have someone who's a non-meteorologist in the room because you're someone who does reach out to us on active weather days and, oh, yeah. does, and does rely on us for guidance when there are Often. storms <laughs> ruling. Yeah. And, and so you look to us for info as the public should be looking to us, but their local meteorologists across the country for morning info. Big time situation last Monday in Iowa, starting to get some more light as we get a day after day after day, still thousands without power, central eastern Iowa, The derecho that came through here and brought us some damage unfortunately resulted in the one fatality here in northeast Indiana. Had serious impacts back in Iowa. And there's been this sort of social science movement now. How have things been conveyed to those people? Because you're seeing a lot of things online, Adam. There was no warning. That's false. This was a, quote, land hurricane. It's being perceived as a land hurricane. There's no such thing. That's right. But when you look at the devastation... When you look at what really happened, you can almost kind of quantify the winds as... Did you see the most recent report on those winds? Yeah. They're higher than they were observed. Yes. And they're somewhere along the lines of where a Category 3 hurricane force winds would be. That's why it's being referred to as a land hurricane. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I understand people calling it a land hurricane. Uh, It's... That is not a meteorological phenomenon. They're calling it a land hurricane because they're trying to relate it to something. They're trying to relate it to something that we already know. So we are very familiar with hurricanes, but people in the Midwest, not as much. We just see hurricanes in our area from a distance. So to be able to try and say, like, this is what it's like to go through 
130 mile per hour winds and what a category three hurricane or so in, in that range. Um, I, I understand them making that comparison, but for the record, there is no meteorological phenomenon as such as a land hurricane. And I think that's the problem right now with everything. Everybody's relying on social media to get their information. And that's where the inconsistencies and fallacies happen. And that's why you should look to your local meteorologist to explain things correctly. And the local meteorologists in Iowa and uh, across the Midwest as that derecho is moving through, were giving advanced warning. We were fortunate where we were to be able to give hours of heads up because we were already seeing what was going on in Iowa. Oh, yeah. Joe and I were talking about it all morning long that day. Uh, he said, oh, this this is going to be something. You, you knew hours ahead of time and it was just something that everybody in the weather department here was keeping an eye on and the moment it started to creep in my way i texted you guys obviously you were busy you you, you texted us right when a tornado warning was issued just north of you yes i did um (laughs) and that's because i live it there's a whole story to that well we won't get into that but it's definitely one of those things that there was warning at least in our area And the challenge when you look at the timeline out in Iowa, and you refer to it as a land hurricane, the challenge there is when we see a hurricane coming through the Atlantic, people who live perhaps in the Caribbean or along the East Coast or sometimes in the Gulf of Mexico, you have a lot of time to visually see that storm. I mean, you think about Florence a couple years ago. I'm sure you remember Florence was massive. Yes. And you could see it from satellite imagery. I mean, it just looked like, oh, boy, we got a big one coming in. We've got to really bat down the hatches, say a couple prayers, whatever you got to do, because it's going to get pretty rough. When you refer to that in terms of the derecho event, there's a there's a couple ways of looking at it. A lot of people out there putting on social media attacking some of the local meteorologists, even some politicians out there attacking and, and commenting on the fact that there, quote, was no warning. This is really challenging because the truth is, As we discussed last week, or you and Nicholas discussed last week, even here, the day before the derecho event on Monday, there were a lot of question marks as to how things were going to develop Monday morning into Monday afternoon into Monday evening. By the time we got to Monday morning, the switch had been flipped. The Storm Prediction Center in Norman, Oklahoma started talking about, look, we got a big-time event. It's going to be on the way today. There was a particularly dangerous situation, severe thunderstorm watch issued for that location. How much advance notice? Do you recall how much advance notice they had on that? So you had the Outlook issued, well, whatever that was, the morning Outlook, 7 a.m. or whatever it was. And when we talk about those Outlooks, that's that's SPC, the the Storm Prediction Center's Severe Weather Outlook. It's that scale from 1 to 5 that we usually talk about and clarify. That's where if it's a 2, that's a slight risk. You should be heads up. Right. Even at a marginal, you might have an isolated severe storm, but at two especially, be weather aware already. But this was pushing up towards a four. They went ahead with the, with the moderate risk by the, the late morning update. The more telling thing here is the people who lived in central and eastern Iowa had a severe thunderstorm watch issued at 11.25 a.m. local time. That was a particularly dangerous situation, severe thunderstorm watch. Sierra, what's a, what's a PDS severe thunderstorm watch? If you didn't talk to me or Adam. If I didn't talk to okay, um, <laughs> if I didn't talk to you guys, I would say, okay, I need to pay attention to this. But would you even know? I would wouldn't you know, even know exactly what it means, no, but I would know, hey, 
this is obviously something that I don't hear ever, so it's something I should take note of. And those are reserved for those situations that are going to be particularly dangerous, aptly named. But I think that's one of the challenges right now, is if the people in in Iowa, and you've got a big derecho heading your way, you're not keying in on the PDS part of that. If you're not a meteorologist, you're probably not even seeing the particularly dangerous situation wording unless you are actively watching, say, a national weather network or your local news at that point if they're verbally saying it. If you're just getting your alerts on your phone, you're not necessarily going to get that part. Number two, there was a severe thunderstorm warning issued for, uh, we'll talk about the Easter, uh, the Cedar Rapids area. That came out, I think, around 1145. That was in effect 45 minutes to an hour before the storms rolled through. And then when you look downstream, the Davenport area also had a warning out about an hour ahead of time. So while there was no long-term warning, people are, you know, we, we didn't expect this a day or two in advance. There still was, in that instance, the best, you that. Could, the best you could do in that time was give an hour warning. I don't know what else was supposed to happen I mean, there. I say an hour is a good amount of time I given the so. situation. I mean, the tornado warning that I had, it was issued and then... The storm was there. It wasn't. It wasn't any time for me to clean out my closet to get to cover or anything like that. An hour I would have loved. Right, and and that's the thing when you're looking at the people out there. While you didn't have time to necessarily go to the store and buy boards for your windows, you know what I mean. I mean, maybe that's the maybe that's the misconception here. Maybe it's the fact that people just believe there was no warning because they didn't have time to stock up on goods, stock up on this. But with the derecho event. You don't get that because it's all reliant on what the morning data is doing, how the storms are going right. to perform. and that's why it is not a land hurricane. Right. Exactly. So then the follow-up question to that whole thing, let's, let, let's move on to how do you get better warning? How do you, get, how, how do you individually get that warning ahead of time in a certain amount of time? Right. First off, we've talked about it multiple times. Have a severe weather preparedness kit. You talk about not being able to go and get your goods. Have a backpack ready to go, flashlights, battery, weather radio, some granola bars, some non-perishable food, just in case your power does go out and, and God forbid, you get trapped in your home by a tornado or something collapses on your home and you can't get out for an unforeseen amount of time. So a severe weather preparedness kit is crucial, something you can literally just grab off of a hook in your laundry room, in your bedroom closet, and just go to your tornado shelter or your safe place. And I would say this falls under me. I would be in this category that I don't believe that we're ever going to have something like that here. So I don't have one. And I've lived here for three years, and I've never seen any strong storms in my area. So I think this is a good reminder to folks out there that this can happen anywhere. Well, one of the challenges is you got they got severe thunderstorm warnings, right? They said the offices there issue on average 157 severe thunderstorm warnings a year. Well, a garden variety thunderstorm is one thing. A severe thunderstorm is one thing. But then a severe thunderstorm warning prompted from a derecho that's producing 130 mile per hour winds, that's a whole nother thing. So if you just simply got a severe thunderstorm warning you had inside, I mean, come on, some of those those impacts there were pretty substantial to where maybe... The, just the the culture, the thinking of, of some of the, the citizens out there was just becoming, well, it's just another severe thunderstorm right. warning after another severe thunderstorm warning after another severe thunderstorm warning. You didn't see that different tier. So what do you, you can't necessarily issue a tornado warning on that. Right. 
because there's no rotation. It's not a tornado. And you can't call it a derecho warning because at that time in Iowa, it wasn't a derecho yet. Right. It was – a derecho is about a certain amount of distance. That was mile zero of the over 400 miles it spanned. So you can't call it a derecho warning. No, I guess you, you can't issue a high wind. Could you issue a high wind warning? Well, a high wind warning is more or less to do with more of the synoptic flow. Yeah, you're just general, um, just general atmospheric I, winds. We get that a lot in I say the spring. I don't think it has the same punch either. And I'm right. going to be honest. If I heard a derecho warning, I would have no idea what that means. Right. Yeah, it's it's all about la- and we don't necessarily. I know the National Weather Service is trying to limit how many products they put out in terms of warning because of that situation you don't know exactly what that's the other are. thing i mean do you have to do you kind of have to say this is the big one warning like that you reserve <laughs> but seriously though no, i mean yeah. i feel so bad for the people there because i i understand the frustration i see where the meteorologists did everything they were supposed to especially those on tv in the morning i see where the message was conveyed but i also see if you're a resident there how what truly made this one different until you saw what happened so it's really a tough situation, and, and obviously our hearts go out to all the people oh, out yeah. there, yeah. too. Oh, and yeah. to put a bow on it, I know we started off this conversation a little bit uh, talking about how social media was negative towards the warning situation that wasn't far enough. But it is crucial to follow meteorologists and people you trust from your local media, the National Weather Service, and even set up, if you have a feeling there might be alerts or needed for your severe weather knowledge on a certain day, set up tweet alerts every time somebody sends out a tweet just so you can be following along. Yeah, it might be annoying, but it'll give you that advanced warning if you're worried about missing that. Or you can download the Wayne Weather app that gives you the alerts right to your phone. Look at Sierra. Look at Sierra advertising for us over here. Sierra's very good at plugging the Wayne Weather app. Oh, I love the Wayne Weather app. And I'm not just saying that. I love it because I can watch the radar as it's coming in. And that's when I start texting these two. Hey, is this something I need to worry about? And then I get my alerts. We'll pay you your 20 bucks. (laughs) All right. So obviously that's a little more of the, uh, that's the heavy conversation there. And something that probably... It's not going to be resolved today, but no. something to keep thinking about. But we got Sierra in the house. Hello, hello, if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, light, let's lighten it up a little bit. Um, Adam has here sports. Sports update. S- update, and this sports is very unique. update. Very unique because the three of us are pretty hardcore hockey fans. Well, I wouldn't say hardcore. I'm a fan. I've been watching the games. I mean, I give you credit. Did, did you like that comeback the other night? You mean the comeback that I was asleep during? See, exactly. <laughs> All right. I hey, watched the recap try, in the morning. Cre- I'm trying to give everyone their props. I go here. to bed at 8 o'clock. I can't watch the 8 o'clock games. It's just, it's just the way it that. is. I've... All... Not all, but a majority of the of the Hawks games have been 10.30 puck drops. It's been a 5 o'clock, oh. five o'clock cup of coffee for me. Yeah. You don't um, have to worry about that anymore. I don't. I don't. But well, it's all right. I'm, Join the party. I'm not... I'm not a... I'm not happy about it because we have a little bracket going on between us and some a few other people, and I had the Hawks winning this round. So did I. Um, I was a bit of a homer. I, I kind of had to pick them. But uh, for me, you know what? And I think, Adam, you probably agree with this as a Penguins fan. Whether it was three or four games or it went on for two months, what a great release it was to just look forward to, to action. And, and we got more than we expected coming in as the 24 seed. Um, three weeks of hockey. I'm so glad the Bruins have stepped it up. 
Uh, their games have been boring, though. And I have to say, for a lot of the games I've been watching, they are boring. This is not playoff hockey play to me. It depends on what game you're watching. Yeah. Uh, the games of, uh, well, the Penguins' last game was horrendous. They didn't even play. Um, I would say some of the Hawks games have had a playoff atmosphere easily. Oh, 100%. Um, Every game has. The, oh, the Your overtime game that you had. My overtime game was great, yeah, but, you know. Uh, I see what you're saying. There's a some couple games of them that I'm just, like, just like, oh, my goodness. Does this? It's been, the competition has been so good that the games have been boring. It's like the offense is struggling to get going, and it's still much <sighs> much more know. defensive game right now. Also, I have a bone to pick with the NHL real quick. Very happy that we are um, back with some hockey. But can we turn down the crowd noise sometimes? I don't even notice it sometimes. There might be a time or two that I notice it. it. Sometimes it overshadows your announcers and you can't hear what's going on. Uh, I haven't. All right, that maybe at all. it's just because no, no, I'm sensitive to noises. Yeah, but you're also <laughs> watching games out of the Toronto bubble. Yes. I've been watching the Edmonton bubble. Okay. So I don't I know. I haven't had any problem with the Toronto bubble. I don't know. All right. Maybe what it's a just weird conversation. Think about the conversation we're having right now. <laughs> Hockey in, in, in August. In March, we would not even know what the Toronto bubble or the Edmonton bubble means. Yeah. And we're talking about it in August. Well, yeah. And who would think, and, and no disrespect to you, but who would think that the Chicago Blackhawks would have survived longer than the Penguins? I I'm mean, raising my hand. Get I out had of, no faith. That get they out of here. I called that they were going to lose to the Canadians. I had n- I, well, I knew that that though, was a trap all right, from the beginning. You're still a fan. Yes. You still, just enough. It, so you, You're a hardcore Penguins fan. Yes. Stop acting like you knew that the demise was going to happen. I think it was a lot of fun. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I Maybe am, a little more heartbreaking for you. Not really because, I mean, yeah, I was disappointed when they lost, but I know that hockey is your sport that you thoroughly enjoy watching. In terms of professionally, sure, one up. It's up there. Yes, for, for me, I still have. I've enjoyed the basketball playoffs, and we both enjoy golf. So having the basketball playoffs to watch, which just kicked off, has been phenomenal. I've enjoyed it. I have a backup, and Sierra knows about this. Oh yeah, never mind. You do have something else professionally that you're a fan of. I, I cannot. I get don't into know this. what's going. You on know right. what's about to happen. Do I? Yeah, you do. No, I just uh, I don't think I don't think we're on the same page here, Adam. I uh, actually before before the season started, my buddy had a little pool like who's going to win. Oh, uh, I do know. And about I this, picked yeah. I actually picked Vegas to win, never thinking the okay. Hawks would advance out of the first round. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, I thought you were going bowling. No, 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 no. I, no, no, I no, thought no. you were teeing up for I really because you fell fell into that bowling. Pit. No, I'm no, just saying. You, last night you had the Hawks losing in a pool. Right, so. so I was kind of like, you know what, we lost last night, and then waking up this morning, it's like, you know what, it was a great three weeks, it was really nice to kind of escape, and now I've got Vegas, let's win a Stanley Cup, and you know. It, Are you still going to closely follow as you have been, or? No, I mean, I'll, I'll watch some of the games for sure, but this will be a chance to kind of come back to reality and maybe call my parents, <laughs> and maybe, you know. Honestly, since. Get back to reality, because it's, it's a dedication. I mean, from 4 p.m. all the way until 8 p.m., there has been hockey on in my household every day. My fiance is a Flyers fan. No, stop it. So we always watch the Flyers games, and those are on one day, and Bruins games are on the other day. So we watch the Bruins games, and we just have hockey on all the time. It's kind of nice, you know? Um, 
other than the swearing and the aggravation that I hear from the Flyers not playing up to par. <laughs> Flyers, Flyers are your fiance. game and everything else uh, is My fiance is the swearing and the aggravation oh. because the Flyers aren't playing up to par. Gotcha. Yeah. Didn't so, know if something was coming through the no, mics in Toronto. Like, no, no, no. I have heard. No, they <laughs> distort it. They distort it's it. So it's so funny. funny. It yeah. is so funny. Justin they, Thomas style. <laughs> it just, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just... I. I want to bet that's why they have the crowd sounds on there, honestly. Oh, they're trying to, to block add, any sort yeah. of foul language that's coming from the ice. But I love whenever they have, like, Pierre Maguire or Brian Boucher talking, and you just hear all of a sudden, yeah. in the middle of them, t- oh, somebody on the ice said a bad word. I, wow. I must pay, really I must really be watching attention. the game. <laughs> Apparently. I, now I'm, that I'm your missing out on a lot of guys, you, a lot of stuff you're talking about. I'm just watching. Pay attention. It's it's it's. It, it happened probably two to three times a game. So you think that's usually mean? whenever there's a stoppage in play yeah. and there's a little kerfuffle. 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 Or a scrim. A little doc. Scrum, a little hey, scrum. let's have this conversation. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the greatest announcers in the no. four-way comments oh, Hall of Fame. No. Mike. This is where I make doc. my exit before I Emmerich. make some people mad. I just uh, really, I think, he's, I think he's doing a fantastic job. I mean, imagine calling a game by watching – the screens like you're not watching the game in person i think they're there i they are the announced i the, obviously the on the ice right people they're in are the there. box i, I did not know, know if watch carefully mike is in a room he's got jerseys behind google him he's this. in an office I i'm not google saying this. you're wrong i i know that in, in the nba bubble they have the announcers there my understanding and especially the blackhawks games eddie olchek was calling it from the studio and Pat Foley, the other announcer, was calling it from a truck in Chicago, and they were both watching the feed together. Neither were at the rink. It's, it's very possible that that's what's happening. I know that in baseball, the home announcers are the ones that are um, in the stadium, but the away announcers are not traveling. Otherwise, they're doing it in studio. I think, like... There I might have know. a handful I'm, of... Some of the on-ice guys there. Pierre's there yeah. right. inside the glass. But yeah. my understanding is... My understanding is your play-by-play, Doc, he's been afar for most of this. Maybe he's in the bubble now, but for the first, the qualifying round game This is stuff, distracting from the original point of what we were, you were trying to make. But it's, Well, my original point is what an excellent job yes. they're doing calling games. And I know for a fact the two Hawks announcers have not been in the bubble. So That makes sense. What a fantastic job they're doing calling these games by looking at three screens in a TV truck. And trying to keep up. And yet times you've heard things like, oh, there's Kirby Doc. Oh, wait a minute. That was actually Strom. I didn't see the, the two sevens or a one seven because you're in a truck. You're not there in person. Mm-hmm. But imagining us doing the improv we do as meteorologists, like trying to do it from afar. I don't know. I mean, it's a little different than obviously calling a game. But they're doing everything we're doing with the whole non-scripted. Well, it's live. And trying to, and trying to really bring you a picture but yet they're interpreting a picture to bring you a picture. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 well, hockey and uh, just sports announcing in general is way different than what we do. It is, but it's so often we don't have cuff. any control of what's right. what going I'm, on. What I'm saying is it's be so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, but it's so off the cuff as it is already. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, it is. I I'm not comparing it to what we do. I'm just saying I I actually have experience in high school. I did do my television program had. Uh, we televised some games. So I was the play-by-play and eventually shifted back and forth between I think with the play-by-play, play, at least in the NHL, was the names. 
I struggle with names on air as this. I couldn't imagine trying to pronounce some of those names. Gauchenia. I mean, right. And obviously these guys practice and they're they're very knowledgeable about their craft. And I just, it's astounding to me. Abdulkader. What's the best <laughs> hockey name out there right now? Right now? Man. Okay, so <laughs> this is, no, 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 no. So, um... This is just because I watch the Flyers because of my fiance, but I think it is so fun to say Carter Hart with that a Boston a- accent. So you okay. could just say Kata Hot. I think it's so much fun. So it's not by far the best name. I just think it's a fun name to say. I always liked Oduya. Johnny. Yeah, that was a fun, fun name to say. I think Miko Rantanen. It's an interesting name. He's put a he's put a uh, challenge to my Bruins, but Sebastian Aho Aho is a fun name to say. I like the fun names if you can't tell. Max Patchy already. Lundquist is good. Hmm. I just like Henrik too. So I mean Zdeno Chara. That's a name. Nicholas Jalmerson. I can't remember the first part of his name. What's the one that his last name is Hammer? Something Hammer. I can't remember. Like clink hammer or something like that, or oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, we. D- I just can't remember what his. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I can't remember what his name is. Anyway, any Whoa. other sports? I think uh, I think the viewers might consider that last five seven minutes <laughs> the what the hail segment, but we're going to transition into the what the hail segment right now. What the hail? Great segue, Joe. It was all right. That was great. What the hail is up with Death Valley? It is already hot. You could, it say it's, you could say it's hot as hail. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire, man. <laughs> this is uh, this is too hot for Sierra, even. Yeah, Sierra is a hot weather lover. Yeah. How does 130 Lame. degrees sound? Uh, miserable. How does an overnight low, the low temperature overnight of 102 sound? Sounds like my air conditioner would be working extra hard and my... Uh, electric bill would be <laughs> skyrocketing. But you got to remember, it's a dry heat. Oh, yes, it's dry <laughs> heat. Yeah, what is that even? Like, I know, obviously, it's humidity in the air that makes it a warm heat, a wet heat, if you will. There is a, I have noticed you ha- a you substantial can feel difference. Different. So I put it this way. So I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I would go on vacation in Florida or go visit my mom, who now lives in South Carolina. And the temperatures could be the same in Pennsylvania and South Carolina but I am colder in South Carolina. It's a different type of cold. And I'm telling you it's because the moisture in the air because she's so close to the ocean. I'm t- I'm just How saying. How are you oh, colder? Geez. Oh, there's two my kids. <laughs> I might have to go to back to school and uh, work on my master's thesis on this. <laughs> what? Hmm. I'm very. It's, I'm, it just feels different. You should feel more comfortable in Pennsylvania. I'll tell you Right, this. I do. To your point. But you feel cooler. To your point. On a, a very warm and humid day, when you're in the AC all day and you go outside and it is warm, mm-hmm. upper 80s and very humid, that is a substantially different feeling than when you're in the AC all day and you go outside into a dry heat, 96 and dry. Yeah. It hits you differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It hits you very differently. Um, one is like walking into a, you feel your cold body because, I mean, you're in the AC, so you feel that, that transition into the the very sticky, uncomfortable air. The other one is like you're just walking into a block. Think about we were playing golf uh, this year, Adam, and <laughs> we, that day when there was no wind. Mm-hmm. 
just very stagnant. It was miserable. So I kind of see what you're saying. How close is your grandmother's house to the ocean? My mother's house oh, to the ocean. Mother's house. Sorry, <laughs> is about forty-five minutes. Okay, so that when I, I had sea breeze on the mind. No, no, right, no. right. And that would have been like at least the air is moving. It would give you the illusion that it's a little bit cooler. I, it, it just it feels different. It's a different type of cold, and I. I don't know, and then maybe it's just I me. I think your body thermostat is broken. It probably is because <laughs> I love 80-degree weather, well, that's and what, most people do not. <laughs> that's what happens when it's 65 outside in the morning, and you're driving with the 80-degree heat on in your car. Uh, that was this morning. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> you got the heated seats on or anything? Oh, no, just the heat full blast, you know. It's cold this morning. As I reminded Sierra on Sunday morning, we were only about two weeks away from the end of meteorological summer <sighs> and about uh, just over three months away from the start of meteorological winter. You like to break my heart. Oh, I'm thrilled. I can't wait. I can't wait to get back out there on the Headwaters Park ice. I'm this the best season still know to come, if that's folks. Gonna happen yet this year, buddy. I mean, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. There's a lot of unknowns out there, but I'm gonna keep my head up and uh, fingers crossed for you. Back to this Death Valley heat. Sorry to take it back Oh, here. no problem. But You're keeping us on track. You didn't want to talk winter. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be. <laughs> but wh- how do you live in that heat? How do you... How well, does anything, like plants, live? You probably need a properly working uh, air conditioning unit. Right, but... I don't know how... C- not, not civilized but with that down heat, there, but you civilization. Have to, you have to imagine the electrical system is taking a toll on it because we were talking about the heat in california at least i was talking about the heat in california put a strain on their power grid and they got the fires out there now too right so So i can't imagine the electricity is doing well in death valley i would never i if i were to ever visit there it'd be in the middle december right where the temperature is like 90 degrees (laughs) uh (laughs) if i were to visit there uh, this past Sunday, whenever it was 130, which is almost the hottest temperature ever recorded on Earth. I believe that's 133, which was also in Death Valley over 100 years ago, I believe. Is it not four? Am I, it's one. It's 130. I've seen 133 and 134. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's That's a question I probably had on an exam in college and probably had two, two answers that were both correct, you know? Yeah. But I would only get out of my vehicle or get out in the heat to go take a picture with a thermometer and run back in. I did see that. It was very interesting, people taking the pictures with the thermometer. Because they yeah. have it sitting out there. They do, and that's just the safety of it all, you know? Why would you – because it's in sand. That sand's going to be hot as heck. I feel like it could potentially burn you. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just it's all crazy to me. If anybody's in Death Valley, please write into yes, us and please. let us know what that situation Enlighten is us, like, please, because I never been to the desert southwest. I don't necessarily have any plans to visit anytime soon. At some point, probably I want to get out to Phoenix. I have no interest. I've been I, to the Phoenix airport, if that counts. I have <laughs> to. My, uh, one of my life goals is to see every single ballpark in America. That's pretty so neat. So I got to get out to Arizona at some point. And that one's indoor if it needs to be. They can close uh, the roof. I think it's always indoors. <laughs> uh, I thought it was hybrid, no? It is hybrid, but so I think the they always the swimming have pool? the Yes. yes that's what I want to go to. Robinson Cano went off in the derby there a couple of years ago. That was actually more than a couple of years ago now. We're getting old, man. We are getting old. <laughs> My 10-year reunion 
for high school is next year. Oh, geez, Adam. What? Why are you guys spring that on me? You're right. So I guess makes... We graduated the same year. Yeah. Oof. It hit me like last week. Oh, man. Like, so what is this? Whoa. My five? Is that right? I got Stop some notice from my high school. how young you are. <laughs> yeah, but I saw, I, I saw that come through and said, whoa, that's quick. I've been doing this job for five years. Not here. I've right, been here same. for almost three. It's crazy. Speaking of heat. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a myth we've got to debunk right now. Okay, yeah, please do this because all my life I knew it as heat lightning. That's what I grew up knowing it as too. Right, but I obviously. Still, well, uh, I still call it heat lightning even though. Me as well, but I don't call it anymore because, you know. You got educated. Got educa- I got educated <laughs> and you got to educate. Well, I call it heat lightning so I can start up a conversation with somebody if I'm around somebody else that doesn't know what it is. Oh, do you know what that is, is that not you, actually heat lightning? Is that, you, that's like instead that of, like pick instead up of someone, or yeah, like inst- <laughs> instead of going up to someone and saying, hey, how's the weather? You're like, hey, how about that heat lightning? Well, actually it's not, but uh, <laughs> hey, you want to go grab a drink? <laughs> Works every time. Well, hey, that's, I figured you learned some lessons down in San Angelo. <laughs> You had to come out there with something. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, okay. What's heat lightning? You go into this because I'll answer the, the viewer question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Um, heat lightning, uh, essentially a myth. Uh, very sunny day. You get lightning way up in the clouds, in the distance. You see the flashes. You don't necessarily hear the thunder because the storm cell is too far away. So you see the lightning, you don't hear the thunder. You assume it must be the phenomenon that people have categorized it as heat lightning. It's not. It's not. It usually happens during a hot and humid stretch. Right. And if you go back to Saturday, we had a 20% chance out for some storms, very isolated chances. Go to Saturday night, we actually got videos from some people uh, from the Lake James area looking down into uh, DeKalb County, and uh, we had an isolated cell there. Right over top of St. Joe. It was dumping rain on St. Joe for half hour dumping rain on st joe the structure was beautiful looking at it from the north and there was just a lot of lightning associated with it but no thunder and people are saying oh i got heat lightning i got heat lightning no it's actually really a thunderstorm going on you didn't feel anything from it if you were up at lake james you're like the party's on let's go and it was like the time of day was perfect because it was in the golden hour as they say right before the sun was going down so you have some of the cloud illuminated by the sun just as it's setting and you can see the lightning in as you said this beautiful structured cloud uh, I believe the distance is uh, roughly 15 miles that you can hear thunder, and you can see lightning for about 100 miles. There you go. So Lake James and St. Joe, about 30 to 40 miles, depending on where you are at. So you weren't able to hear the thunder, so you're able to safely see the lightning. But once you start to hear that thunder, if you're enjoying one of these heat lightning episodes... If you hear thunder, you need to get inside. Because as we always say, when thunder roars, head indoors. I've got two heat lightning examples that I can recall very vividly from my life. Number one, I was maybe eight or nine years old, standing. I lived just south of Lake Michigan in northwest Indiana. Looking up to the northeast, you saw these violent flashes way out in the distance. That was actually storms ongoing over your neck of the woods, Adam. Oh, goodness. Way over into central Michigan. And, uh, in fact, we turned on the news that night, and one of the meteorologists in Chicago goes, oh, yeah, we've gotten reports of people saying they're seeing, quote, heat lightning. No, that's actually storms going on 100 miles away uh, just across the lake 
into Central Michigan, for me, that was probably my first real exposure to it. Number two, Sierra, you can relate to this. Think about some of those summer days, Cedar Point, where you're at the park looking north across Lake Erie into what is really Canada in the distance. How's some, she going, eh? That's right. Uh, you, you know, you got the storms going on there. Mm-hmm. You saw some flashes in the distance. Sometimes I've heard people categorize those as heat lightning uh, when, in fact, those were actual storm cells going on across the lake. You couldn't hear anything. You just saw these flashes right. way in the distance. So what I think of, and it's because I work mornings, I'll drive in on US 30 toward the station, and on both sides of me, I can see the lightning in the distance. And, you know, as somebody that is clearly not educated as you guys, it's heat lightning to me. Thank you. Yes, I called you educated. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> and it's just... To me, I'm afraid of storms, and I've told this to both of you before. If I see, hear thunder, I, it, it's not my thing. I we like usually to go get inside. a text. <laughs> you get a text, yeah. Do I need to be worried? Um, but those moments, and I don't even know the real reason behind why it's doing what it is, but it's beautiful to me to see that heat lightning or these storms that are safely far away. It's It's exciting to see a storm that you don't have to worry about. Yeah. No, that's all I got to say about heat lightning. That's the end of that discussion. That's right. It's a myth. Wrap that one up. It's a myth. (laughs) Educate your friends now that you know what heat lightning is not because heat lightning is a myth. Hits and misses. All right, folks, we're going to skip hits and misses today because the truth is me and my guy Salarzik over here did pretty well this weekend. I did pretty well. I have a question, though. Yes? Um, when I looked at your 10-day on Sunday, I f- know we talked about really lower temperature overnight lows. And it was true. It was cooler the last few mornings. But it was yesterday, at least out in Warsaw. So that would have been Tuesday. Uh, we had some 75-degree some weather and i don't remember your forecast being that low are you talking about the highs or the lows the high our high for tuesday in fort wayne was what 77 78 yeah 78 and did you get there i think we got to 79 did we yeah all right our forecast was 77 78 and see this is a prime example folks that maybe you have one thing in their your head and you think they're wrong but they're actually right it was a hit that sierra was a miss let's check the (laughs) inbox It's the past the forecast inbox. Angela asks, how do fire tornadoes develop? Take it away. So this, I believe, is coming from the fire tornado warning. They issued a tornado warning in California for a fire tornado. Unbelievable. Which I have never seen before. Uh, And we looked at radar and yeah, there was a couplet there as we would typically look for whenever we look for a tornado signature. This was caused in an area where there is uh, currently a wildfire, or at least a time, a wildfire going on. And first, let's talk about pyrocumulus clouds. Yeah, that's Excuse right. Excuse me, what? Exactly. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here to hear this. Pyrocumulus clouds are just like normal cumulus clouds. But there's fire in them because that's what pyro means. <laughs> But they're caused by fire. Okay. So usually you have the heat from the sun that r- the air rises and helps you develop a cloud, right? This one is from the heat from a fire and the ashes, and, and that's okay. how it, 
it develops a pyrocumulus cloud. Now, let's take that, and at the surface, there's a little bit of spin. Vorticity, as we call it in the meteorology world. Little vortices. Whenever we have this heat rising from these fires, that can help to stretch out that vorticity and give it some spin. So then you start to see this fire start to spin like a tornado. And there's also latent heat release. Yeah. So wait, how does it ignite? Oh, it's a wildfire. There's ongoing so there's already, fires. Oh, right, there's already right. fire. ongoing fires. Okay, so it's just taking the fire that's already going on and sucking that into it's the, uh, your that, vortex. There, yeah, there's a little vortex that develops from just the I, I believe it, it has to be from natural just heat in one spot and cooler in another, and that'll add to a difference and give you some spin because the air is moving because heat rises, cold air sinks, so you're going to get spin no matter what in that situation. So then that fire begins to spin, and it gives you a fire tornado. Depending on the strength, apparently they will issue a tornado warning. Wild. It is wild, and, and obviously that was a pretty deep scientific yeah, analysis there. There's a lot of science. Um, it. It, it First thing pops in my head, almost similar to some of our funnel cloud days, uh, not necessarily from the fire, but, but just some of the stretching of the surface vorticity that we talk about, uh, just low-level rotation that can kind of – get you some weak funnels to develop. So that's a pretty deep question there. I think you handled that pretty well. We're going to wrap things up here, but before we do, we've got a guest here today. That's me. What, Sierra, has been your most embarrassing moment Ooh, on air? On air? Oh, no. I don't think I can say it on the podcast. Does this involve one of the swears? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Greg had a same similar story, so yeah. you, can, you can talk about okay, it. Okay, so um, I was reading a story, and this is something that not a lot of people know about me except for my coworkers. Sometimes when I start reading my scripts on air, I get a Sean Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> and I just start. Good. I don't even know how to. It it just comes out. The Pash to Forecast podcast. It just comes out like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> And I don't know why it happens or anything like that, but it came out when I was reading the script, The Wabash City Police. <laughs> so you can only imagine which swear word I'd said. Wabash and, yeah, Police. Yeah, that's that was one of the more embarrassing ones. Um, usually they come down to swear words. Instead of first pitch, <laughs> I said another piece swear word. Not really a swear word, but could be considered. Well, I know you and I have had laughing fits. Yes, Adam and I laugh a lot just because of some word that's funny. That's not really embarrassing to me. Um, it's just, uh, it's embarrassing if you can't pull it back together by the right. time you have to read a serious well, story. I think, yeah, if you have to read a serious story and continue to laugh, that's when it gets bad. But usually I can pull it together. But yeah, my, my Sean Connery, um, yeah, that one... The other one, <laughs> Joe makes fun of me for this one all the whoa, time. Whoa, whoa. I all don't the even time. Know what this is. This is all the time. So I had a story. It was the first time that we were, had heard about Remdesivir, and <laughs> I could, for the life of me, I could not pronounce it on air, and so um, messed that one up. And then after that, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. So a few months later, I, I nailed that one. Um, the other one that got me lately, only took you a few months, only a few months, the other one that got me lately and it was so frustrating cause I knew how to say it, but it just would not come out. And that was Isa Eas. 
and um, you sure Isaias. that's right? You sure that's right? Yes, Isaias, jerk. Oh. <laughs> But no, it only took until the end of the podcast for her to call one of us a jerk. That's all That's right. That's a record. That's a record for sure. Um, but no, it's usually if I it's it's something that I know how to pronounce and I still mess it up. That's when I get embarrassed. So that's num- so it's more or less pronunciations. It's not like right. It, it's not like you had a moment where like you tripped and fell. No. Okay, <laughs> I haven't haven't been there yet. <laughs> I haven't been there yet. Um, you forget the date occasionally. Oh, I forget the date all the time, all the time. You got to work with me. So that's probably pretty yeah, embarrassing to begin with. No, no. Um, looking at the wrong camera can be embarrassing. That happened last two <laughs> weeks ago, actually. Two weeks ago. For looking us, that's easy because we can just we we're usually on one of three cameras. Yeah, we don't have to. Worry no, about that. Joe will miss the camera sometimes. He'll be talking on one camera when we're on another one. That happens often, actually. Well, and sometimes I think that's more or less a communication error with me and Sierra, just not knowing where I'm supposed to be at a certain time. <laughs> that's so. you not looking at the rundown, Joe. Oh, you know. And that's my fault, too, is why I was on the wrong <laughs> cameras, because I didn't look at a rundown to know which camera I was supposed to be on. You know, they print off that rundown. Our great director, Shane Boltmeyer, prints off those rundowns every week. And sometimes I look at him and say, I should probably... <laughs> should probably reference this once or twice, but uh, yeah, I just look at the rundown to see where. where okay, it wait. Is. I just really did think. Oh my gosh, that's no, two. That's, <laughs> or that's three. That's a good point, Adam. That's a good point. I was gonna say I totally forgot about this. My most embarrassing moment on air did not happen in Fort Wayne. I forgot about over in Erie. Was this the biking thing? This was the biking <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't know the story. Um, so I was running my own live show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to mute Adam's mic so I can hear this. I don't know this story. So I was um, running my own live shot for a weekend morning show as a reporter, and it was uh, National BMX Bike Day or something like that. And so I wanted to on-air ride a bike. (laughs) And I handed the microphone over to the guy I was interviewing. I said, just talk. And I've seen this part. You probably you have. You show me this part. So I, have. I don't you you deliberately didn't show me the end of it. I had to. Have. There's no way if I didn't show no. you the end of it. No, you're just not remembering probably. <laughs> so I'm at this BMX bike park. I haven't rode a bike in close to ten years. And I just on a whim decide I'm gonna ride the bike. So I go on this BMX track, I can barely get over the hills. <laughs> And I keep riding, and I realize I'm going in the other direction of my camera, and I don't know when I'm going to stop or how I'm going to get back. So these kids are coming toward me. I'm terrified right now. I'm not wearing a helmet like an idiot. And I needed to get back to my camera and get my microphone to tag out of this live shot. And the only thing I could think of was just to ditch the bike and run back. So I am running on air, out of breath, trying to wrap up this live shot, and... I have never been more out of breath in my life, and I still had to report the news, and it was it was a bad time. It wasn't? I haven't I seen this. I have I have it saved. Wasn't the BMX director the guy in charge of the track? You gave him the mic. Oh, and he I was have. like narrating. Oh, he was you. narrating exactly what I was doing, <laughs> and he did a phenomenal job for somebody that's never been on air. But it was it was definitely a moment that. No, you showed me one time. I had to go run my own. Look lives with the camera right. where I was really starting out. You showed me how to set up the shot. We never saw the end of that <laughs> clip. I need to go All see that right now. Right. I've never we'll seen see. that. We'll see about that. It's fantastic. I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, I'm out of breath by the end of it. It's 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 something. <laughs> I know what we're doing after we record. Yes. yes, we need to go watch that. Sierra, okay, you've sat in on a podcast. Uh-huh. What you think? I think we're in better shape than what we started with. I think uh, the topics being current helps 
So I think maybe when we first started, and I say we as in I'm part of this, but no. I think when you, you listened <laughs> to the rehearsal podcast. Yes. I think we were may, maybe grasping for topics, but I like that you guys have some current things to talk about. And, you know, it's nice to hear you guys talk about sports because it's both something you guys are interested in. And no offense, but I hear about your guys' golf game all the time. I don't think the folks we want to hear. talk about golf today. I don't we think the folks want to hear about your golf game, We blame guys. you for that. We were going to have a perfect episode, no golf. <laughs> you just brought it yeah, up. Yeah, we didn't talk about golf at all, but. Oh, okay. Joe is now a scramble guy. But we had some fun the past couple days. Anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you, Angela, for the question today. Remember, you can send those questions into past the forecast, P-A-S-T-T-H-E-F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T at wayne.com w-a-n-e.com leave us a review and a rating on whatever service you're listening to this podcast we're gonna see you next time when we try to be sierra 89 89 that's a weird number you told me interesting 89 any significance was there a significance to that um my sister was born in 1989 so so was taylor swift (laughs) yes (laughs) I have no. I, <laughs> I have my sister on the brain right now, apparently, and so that's why her nope. he or she. There you go. All right, eighty-nine percent about the weather this week. Thank you, Sierra. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne Fifteen. <laughs>